listening to Helping Those with DID, a podcast of Lydia Discipleship Ministries. Thank you for your desire to gain more understanding of how to best help those with dissociative issues. You can visit our website at www.lydiadm.org. And now, let's listen in. Hello, everyone. Lindy here. I'm on staff with Lydia Discipleship Ministries, and Dr. Elaine and I are looking today at the topic of healing, just as we did um, recently in the podcast, What is Healing? But we're going to take it a step further today and actually kind of break down some of those specific aspects or puzzle pieces of healing. So hello, Dr. Elaine. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Wonderful. I'm going to throw a question at you right away. Why do you call these puzzle pieces? Well, if you look at a puzzle, and I try to do a lot of them, I'm trying to keep my brain sparking in in good order here. Puzzles, they say, will help that. But in the DID healing, I call them puzzle pieces because you can't really tell what the whole picture will be until you get all the pieces together. That makes sense. And so with these puzzle pieces, before we start looking at each one, I'm curious if there is an order to this, or if it, like a puzzle, really is you can just pick up different pieces at different times uh, when you're looking at helping someone heal? That's a good question. I found it's not necessarily that they follow in order. In other words, this happens first and then that happens. As you know, making puzzles, it's always helpful to get the outline first, (laughs) but that outline can look different in each person. That's good to know. So it's not necessarily A, B, C. Um, They're each a different piece that fits together in a good way. One of the pieces that you talk about is integration. And we touched on that in the What is Healing podcast. Friends that are listening, it might be great to start with that one if you haven't yet before hearing this. But in that integration, you talked about it as a byproduct of healing. Do you have any more thoughts you want to share today about that puzzle piece? I think we covered most of it in the other podcast, but just to highlight a couple things, many people feel that integration or merging, as I call it, where each part takes its rightful place inside a person, that that is what healing is. But I think as we go and look at the other pieces, you'll find that not necessarily can that, is that the end all and There are also, I might mention, I'm not sure if I mentioned it last time, sometimes there's spontaneous integrations that just happen when the Lord brings truth to the trauma of the past and resolves it. Other times there's sort of a gradual uh, integration process. And then thirdly, I've found sometimes it's just a matter that a part needs to live safely for a while. And then gradually there's a drawing together closer to the person inside. And that is also a form of integration. So different ways that can end up coming together. What are some of the other thoughts you have on healing? What does this look like? What is involved? Well, I like the phrase, in the meantime, I-T-M-T. I always like these little, I don't know what you call them, but the first letter of each word. And that is having coping skills 
to deal with the healing process itself. What am I, while I'm waiting and working toward wholeness and toward uh, emotional health and maturity, how can I cope? I've I've got de- devastating memories that are being revealed and also the trauma currently of what what triggers may cause me or current issues that because I have DID make life more difficult. So isolating those skills, for example, learning what to do with triggers when it's not appropriate an appropriate time to see that trigger reach its end. In other words, if you're in church and you feel that a trigger is coming and you're thinking, how do I keep this from making me run out of the church right now or whatever? So there are specific things that you can teach the client to do so that their life can be as bump-free as possible during that healing time. Because as we're working through healing, it is bringing up all these things, but I still have to go to school. I have to take care of my family. And so you're suggesting finding some coping strategies and helping your client to know how to live in the midst of their healing seems like a really important thing. What else? Well, one last point on that. For example, uh, I had a little part that would always kind of be like a tattletale in a good way. And she would always want to tell Mr. Ken about something that happened or something that was said or what somebody inside did. So one of the coping skills is I began to find healing and was able to do a part-time job at the university was to show her how when something started to get triggered or someone said something inappropriate or whatever, to say the sentence, Mr. Ken's going to want to hear about this. And that was a coping way then to diffuse the intensity and the steamroller of where that memory was going to be going. So Mr. Ken was your counselor. And so that was letting her know that there's a time she's going to be able to share that with him, even though it can't be addressed in that moment. Right. Got it. That is a good suggestion. Tell me more about healing. Well, the acceptance of the truth about DID. Most of us are aware that DID clients are the ones who say, I can't possibly have DID. But there's another group that says, oh, thank goodness, I thought I was going crazy. This explains everything. So there's two types, but mental and emotional truth is important. We can know things with our mind, but yet our emotions may be telling us something, something that is not in line with that. So an important step toward healing is to realize what the problem is. Yes, I do have DID. That can come very gradually for some people. Other people, as I said, are so thankful for the diagnosis because it really explains so much that has been unexplained in their life. But giving the person time and the pacing to come to the acceptance of the truth that they have DID, I think is a piece of the puzzle. Is that initiated by the counselor or the client, or is it very specific to each situation? 
I think it's specific to each situation. Uh, of course, as a lay counselor, you don't want to be diagnosing uh, as you would have the leeway to do as a counselor. But you might ask questions like, what would it mean if you had DID? If they've brought it up like, well, so-and-so says I have DID and I don't think so. And Because once you find out what they believe about DID and them having DID, then you can begin to address that. For example, they might say, well, if I have DID, that means I'm crazy. So then you can deal with that issue. So it gives you a framework for where their thoughts and feelings are, and then you walk forward together from that place. Right. Any other thoughts about the spiritual aspects? Well, the major areas in terms of spiritual growth, of course, are learning to trust God. And in order to do that, having an accurate view of him is important. And there again, little, I don't want to call them tricks because it certainly isn't uh, a lighthearted thing, but some of the little ones were afraid to look at Christ. We asked Jesus Christ if he had anything to say to this one. And she said, I'm hiding behind the rocks because he's here. And I said, well, would you be willing to peek at him? And so they were willing to peek at him. And that was then the beginning of them seeing his kind face and seeing that he didn't seem like he wanted to hurt him. So learning to trust God is so important. I really believe that people trust God as much as they really believe he unconditionally loves them. And I think that applies to all of us, not just DID. Secondly, in terms of spiritual spiritual keys to the puzzle, learning not to be afraid of Satan. They've seen his power and his arrogance and uh, it's hard for them to realize he's a roaring lion. Um, those are the old lions that their teeth have been knocked out in fights. So their job is to get to the back of the antelope herd. And the young lions are in a circle on each side. And the roaring lion's job is simply to make as much noise as they can to scare the antelopes. That's all they can do. Likewise, that's all our enemy can do. So having a biblically-based view, not an exaggerated one, but a biblically-based view of the what our enemy tries to do in our lives, I think is important. And also, it says so much in Scripture about God restoring our soul. Um, our emotional responses um, begin to change as we know truth in so many areas, not only clarifying our view of God, but also our identity in Christ. And in part of that, we move away from the victim mentality because we begin to see very clearly who we are in Christ. Those are such important aspects, being able to see God, our father, for who he is and Satan for who he is. And then ourselves as his children for who we are and how he made us. I'm going to throw something at you here. I know that Lydia Discipleship Ministries has some specific resources, like getting to know the father, that would help someone with that understanding. Could you just share about one or two of those that fit into this healing? Right, especially in the area of growing spiritually. 
um, learning to trust God. One of the sets, it, they're about the size of a business card, and they're in a little tin. I think there's 135 of them. On the first set, is called Getting to Know the Father. And that would be very helpful, not to throw overwhelming spiritual hand grenades at our clients, but simply to look for opportunities, maybe to give them one card. Maybe they have trouble picking up a Bible. So giving them just one card would be helpful. Getting to know the Father, of course, is the identity of Christ. And then secondly, in this terms of learning not to be afraid of the enemy, I was very terrified of the enemy because I saw his power in the occult and everything else. And so uh, back then, 40 years ago, I had a counselor, but his name was the wonderful counselor. He was the only counselor I had at the beginning, and it was great. Well, he showed me verses, many of them in the Psalms, about how I didn't have to be afraid of Satan. And so I underline them, and I used to say them when I had night terrors or apparitions or whatever was going on. And so what I did was to take all those verses and put them in a set of little cards for LDM, and it's called Fight with an exclamation point. So those two resources might be helpful. Wonderful. They're simple. They're easily accessible. And just like you said, even one card at a time to just get that truth from our head to our heart and allow the Lord to be our healer and wonderful counselor. What a beautiful and true image to leave us with today. Thanks for looking at the puzzle with us. And friends, we look forward to talking with you and being together again soon. You can visit our website for resources at www.lydiadm.org.